Good evening and welcome to uh, our digital campus. It's an honor to be with you all uh, this evening. Um, we are continuing our series this week. It's kind of, kind of a funny topic, uh, title of it. You know, we're talking about saints and ain'ts. And if you guys know me, I like quirky, quirky titles. And this indeed is one of those. Uh, but if you are a first time guest with us, thank you so much for uh, stopping the scroll and checking us out tonight. Uh, if you need more info about us, please go to newarkupc.info. There you can find uh, all kinds of good tidbits about us. Um, uh, there's communication pieces. There's a way that you can leave us. Uh, we call it I'm here. Uh, I'm sorry, I'm new. Where You can leave us your, your information if you're new with us. Uh, some of you, another card that we don't talk about too much is this update my contact information card. Um, some of you, I know I just shifted gears from talking to new people to the folks that are normally here, but some of you are pretty bad about keeping your information up to date. Uh, so if your phone numbers change, your addresses change, email, things like that, you can go to that update my contact information card and, and do that there. Uh, there's also, also archives of all of our old videos and just a lot of great stuff there. Um, if you are not in a small group, you need to get into one. Uh, soon we'll be um, going weekly. And you'll be hearing more about that, where we're going to uh, not only learn together, but we're going to play together. We're going to serve together. And so you want to be a part of a small group. I mean, that's that's where if you really want to get connected and, and build community, uh, that's where you want to be. Uh, but again, for all of you who are always here, thank you uh, for your faithfulness. And um, we're going to continue this series that I mentioned at the outset called Saints and Ain'ts uh, tonight. And uh, we're looking at the point. Uh, we're looking at the fact that we're not so different. You know, just because we came to Christ doesn't mean that suddenly life is hunky-dory and everything is so perfect. And, and uh, you know, we're just waiting on heaven to come. Uh, there's, a, there's a really thin line in there uh, between a saint and an ain't, meaning somebody that we call saved, right? We're just using that vernacular, even though the scripture says that those that endure to the end shall be saved. So really none of us are saved uh, in that sense that we're in process. And, um, God is working on us every day. And uh, some of us have been in the church a long time. I've been in the church about 25 years. And trust me, I have my, um, I have quite a bit of flaws. And uh, that's, hey, that's just transparency, right? And, and some of you, if you decide to be real with yourself, you'll admit that you have quite a bit of flaws too. Even though you've been baptized and filled with his spirit, um, we're gonna have these flaws until we leave this earth. And uh, it's important to keep it real. And uh, so sometimes we can get on our high horse as saints and start looking down at others um, whose flaws are very evident. And, and we can be a little judgmental. And so uh, we've been looking at some biblical characters uh, in, in relation to this saint and ain't, um, these aspects here. And we're going to look at a couple tonight. And uh, it's not going to take you long to figure out which category these two are in. But let's pray and let's ask God to be in our midst. Jesus, we thank you, God, that we can gather here together in your name this night. God, we ask that you would minister to each and every person uh, in the sound of this broadcast, God, whether it's when they're looking at live right now or even in the future, Lord, you know the needs of every person who is gathered here, God. Touch them, Lord Jesus. Minister to them personally, Lord Jesus. God, whatever it is they're facing, help them, God. We, your words that you are a very present help in time of trouble. So those of us who are facing troubles, who are facing heartaches and loss, uh, those of us who are um, doing well, Lord Jesus, um, God continue to bless, Lord. Be in our midst tonight, Lord. Minister to each and every one of us in Jesus' name. 
Amen. All right. So tonight we're going to look at two characters, and I call the, and I mean characters in that sense of the word, uh, Ananias and Sapphira. And I'm going to jump in in Acts four, and I'm going to kind of jump right into the the story here, and then I'll backtrack a little bit to give you some context. Uh, but I'm going to start with Acts four, starting with verse thirty-two, and it says, "All the believers were united in heart and mind, and they felt." that what they owned was not their own. So they shared everything they had. That's amazing, isn't it? Right? They they didn't even, you know, stay claim to what they had. They didn't feel like it wasn't their own, so they just shared everything, right? Hey, this is sounding really good so far, right? The apostles testified powerfully to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and God's great blessing was upon them all. There were no needy people among them because those who own land or houses would sell them and bring the money to the apostles to give it to those in need. I think that's absolutely profound. Talk about selfless acts. Talk about being a part of the community uh, or putting um, others before yourself. There was this beautiful spirit of God operating uh, within the community of believers there. And they just, you know, they were out looking out for each other. Verse 36 says, for instance, there was Joseph, the one I'm sorry, the one the apostle nicknamed Barnabas, which means son of encouragement. He was from the tribe of Levi and came from the island of Cyprus. He sold a field he owned and brought the money to the apostles. So Joseph was just one of them who were just, I don't need all this, right? I want to bless my brothers and sisters. So Joseph was an example of one who sold everything, brought it to the apostles so he can bless those who had need. Um, Verse 5 says, Acts 5, uh, verse 5. Let me, let me back up. The beginning of Acts 5 begins this way. But, you know, whenever there's a but, you got to watch out for what comes after the but. Okay, so here's this all the woman fuzzy we just read and oh, everybody's loving everybody and sharing and, you know, just being a blessing to each other. And then there's this but. But there was a certain man named Ananias with his wife, Sapphira, sold property, sold some property. So this couple sold some property. He brought part of the money to the apostles, claiming it was the full amount. With his wife's consent, he kept the rest. You know, I don't know. You know how you, you listen to a really good song or, and, you know, the old records and, and how they would play on the, on the record player and then it would scratch. You know, this is one of those moments to me in this, like this beautiful, you know, uh, uh, symphony of love and all this good stuff. And all of a sudden it's like this. Right. So these two plot. Right. They sold their home. They kept part of the money back. And he and the wife inspired to tell the apostles that it was the full proceeds from the sale of the house. Verse three says, then Peter said, Ananias, why have you let Satan fill your heart? You lied to the Holy Spirit and you kept some of the money for yourself. I can imagine Ananias going, who, who, me? Because he busted, right? He, he's, he's straight up busted here. Verse four says, the property was yours to sell or not to sell uh, as you wish. And after selling it, the money was also yours to give away. How could you do a thing like this? You weren't lying to us, but God. Whoa, that's a powerful statement here. So Peter is saying to Ananias, what's, what's this all about? Right. There's no scripture that says that you have to sell all you 
own and give it to the church, right? There's no mandate. We didn't ask you for anything. We didn't, you know, there, there was no reason for you to conjure up this lie, right? It was your house to do with it, whatever you want to do with it. And when you sold it, the money you sold it for was also for you to do whatever you want to do. With it. Why are you coming here lying? And then he makes a very important statement. He goes, you weren't lying to me. I know you came here and you thought you were going to lie to old Peter, right? But in actuality, you lied to, to the Holy Spirit. You lied to God. And you know, Peter had no way of knowing this except God let him in on it. Okay, so Ananias is busted. Okay. So as soon as Ananias heard these words, he fell to the floor and died. Oh, everyone heard about it. Who heard about it was terrified. Then some young men got up, wrapped him in a sheet and took him out and buried him. So you talk about some instantaneous judgment. Boom, right on the spot. Ananias heard these, he didn't have a chance to conjure up a cover story, right? You know, that's the thing about lies, right? Lies take more lies to cover up. He didn't even have a chance to respond. As soon as he heard these words, he fell dead and died. It was a rat. Oh, my goodness. Verse seven says about three hours later, his wife came in, not knowing what had happened. Oh, man, that's a bad place. Right. Wish they had, you know, text communication back then. But uh, that wasn't the case. But she comes. I, I imagine her just kind of come fromping in. Oh, do, 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 do. You know, she's, you know, citizen, a uh, good citizen of the day. And she's just feeling, feeling herself. And uh, she had no idea what happened. And Peter asked her. Uh, was this the price you and your husband received for your land? Now, she should have known that was a setup, right? Because, like, you know, who, who asked you something like that? And she goes, oh, yes, she replied. That was the price. See my face? I imagine her looking like that, all perky and excited, you know, thinking she's going to get, you know, oh, you're so wonderful. Thank you so much. You really blessed the kingdom. You know, I can just imagine her sitting here waiting, you know, for some accolades. Mm. Then Peter said, how could the two of you even think of conspiring to test the spirit of the Lord like this? Uh-oh. The young men who buried your husband are just outside the door and they will carry you out too. Oh, I can see her saying, Barry, she didn't even know her man was dead. Okay. Well, but she found out and she was right behind him. Instantly, verse 10 says, she fell to the floor and died. When the young men came in and saw that she was dead, they carried her out and buried her beside her husband. Great fear gripped the entire church and everyone else who heard what had happened. Now, those were some very unfortunate deaths right there. They were very, very unnecessary deaths. Okay. I mean, it's one thing to be uh, trying to maybe please God or, or to fulfill a command or something like that and, and, and you know, kind of get things wrong. But these two just absolutely made up a lot, you know, for no reason whatsoever. Okay. They could have gave the part that they had decided to give and say, here, we just want to bless the kingdom. Right. No lie necessary. No, no requirement. Just so this, these were these were two needless deaths. But God decided to make some to make a statement. Let me put it that way. Right. There were there was instantaneous judgment here. Uh, and uh, that last verse, uh, chapter, I mean, verse 11 says great fear gripped the entire church and everyone else that, that happened. That was more than likely God's purpose, not to bring about fear in the wrong way, but to serve folk notice. Don't fool with me. Right? I don't approve of the lying. I don't approve of scheming. Right. So so I want you to see what's happening here. 
So I, I said at the outset that I started at the beginning of Acts 4, or sort of the middle of Acts 4 on purpose, I'm going to backtrack. So let's, let's go back and give you a little bit of context of what was happening uh, before this. So in Acts 2, right, if you're an apostolic Pentecostal, you know about Acts 2. Acts 2 uh, is the story of the birth of the church, right? God has uh, fulfilled his promise. He's poured out the Holy Spirit on those who were waiting in that upper room. Thousands, literally thousands subsequently came to the Lord. And God was on the move. Okay? Um, he was working miracles through the apostles and Peter was preaching up a storm and uh, Peter and John were thrown in jail. Right? This is these, these are the events directly preceding uh, chapter four. And they were thrown in jail. And when they were questioned by those devious religious leaders, remember those who the same religious leaders who conspired to kill Jesus. Right. They're still at it. Right. Even though Jesus has died, he's been resurrected. Right. He's been he showed himself all throughout Jerusalem those 40 days. I mean, and, and the same religious leaders are still plotting. Right. They haven't had it yet. And so they've been questioned by those devious leaders. But yet they spoke with confidence and the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit. And it shocked them all. Right. Peter wasn't cowering anymore. Peter wasn't worried about what was going to happen. They made the Holy Ghost had, fall, had fallen and it endued Peter and the apostles with great power. And they spoke boldly and in confidence, regardless of, of what the religious leaders uh, thought about them. But in an attempt to stop them, these religious leaders warned them. Okay, They didn't put them to death. They didn't go that far, but they pulled them again. They warned them not to ever again to speak or teach in the name of Jesus. Can I just interject, uh, interject something right here? Uh, that ought to tell you there's something significant about the name, right? I know a lot of times in Christian, and we get, you know, we get, um, we get real casual. You know, we talk about the titles, and 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 I'm not going to digress too far here. Um, but nobody's worried about hollering Holy Ghost or hollering Father or you, you know that kind of thing. But when you start talking about the name of Jesus, right? That's when even in the world of Christian, right? There's a riff. There's a, there's an issue with it. Why is that? Well, let me tell you something. It didn't just start. They recognized, those religious leaders recognized that these men and these uh, disciples who were followers of Christ, when they used that name, things happened, right? There is power in the name of Jesus. And so they could stop using that name. Mm. To which Peter and John responded, ain't going to happen. Not on your life. And they went right about, they were released and they got with their friends and they had a prayer meeting because they knew that now they were, well, they were in the hot seat. They knew what these religious leaders had done to Jesus and how they were being persecuted. And they got with their friends when they released and they had a prayer meeting. And at the end of that prayer meeting, scripture says while they were praying, the place where they were meeting trembled and shook. And they, they were filled with the Holy Spirit and continued to speak God's word with fearless confidence. Right? They weren't going to stop, but we're going to take our petition to God. God protect us. God keep us. And God backed them up and they, and they were, again, they were operating in the spirit of God with authority and power. And so it was in this atmosphere, right? These are the events that were happening before this story we just read about Ananias and Sapphira. The church is on the move. Things are exploding. God is operating. And then here these two come, right? There's there's, there's liberty in the spirit. And, and then these two pull this, what can I just call it? They pull this stupid act of dishonesty, right? The church is on fire. And the people's hearts are responding in unity and faith and they're sharing and prioritizing people over possessions and they're trusting God to take care of them. And here comes this nasty spirit of deception. That's, that spirit 
has what has plagued mankind since the Garden of Eden. That spirit of deception, that same devil who deceptively, you know, uh, got in Eve's ear and 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 persuaded her to do things against God. That same spirit is at work trying to stop the work that God is doing. And and so here they go. And again, I believe that's that was why God took such swift action, right? This this needs to. I'm, I need to make an example of these two right now. This is not going to happen. And so, um, yeah, this spirit of deception creeps in. And that's that spirit that says, I want to elevate myself. Right. So I'm thinking about this. I'm, I'm really thinking about what, what the serpent said to Eve. Right. You know, that God, you know, God knows that if you eat of that fruit, that you want to be like God's. And, and, you know, there's this thing about us as humans. We like to be puffed up. And, and so, um, yeah, that spirit wants to be about self. You know, that we elevate ourselves, that, that we want to make ourselves look good and everyone will praise us and think that we're so spiritually uh, mature and, and elevated. And and that did not bode well. God dealt with it right away. So I'm talking to the church tonight and I realize I'm still talking about this topic about saints and ain'ts. Right. Um, God is about authenticity. Right. He is truth. Just like that deceiver. The scripture says that he's a liar and the father of it. Well, God is the opposite in that category. God is about truth and living honestly. And um, yeah, God had to deal. When. Oh, I got off my track right there, but that's OK. I don't need, I don't need to go there. But um, when we're talking about this thin line right between a saint and the ain't. Uh, as saints, we got to come to grips with that it's okay that we're not perfect after the Holy Ghost or after we've been washed, right? That once we've been born again, it doesn't mean we're going to be made perfect. And if somebody has sold, sold you that lie, or maybe just they've been misguided themselves, right? Now, I'll put something, I'll be a little nicer in that category. Maybe they just, maybe somebody taught them that, right? That after after we have been born again, that, that we should be these perfect beings. It is not so. Right. Salvation is a process. And some of us, uh, we struggle uh, with that. We struggle with the. The need to put up a facade. Right. And, and um, you know, that we got to show ourselves as being all together. You know, look at me. No, God has called us to live honestly. Right. God is all about honesty and he has put things in his scriptures. We, we can know that God didn't expect us to be perfect. Because God has put things in his scriptures like this. I'm gonna, let's, let's, let's go to James 5, just two verses in James um, uh, 16 through 18. And I'm going to read this one actually from the message. I think, Joyce, you might have the NLT, but that's okay. Uh, James is speaking to the, the, the Jewish guys uh, that are spread out um, around the, maybe even the world, the Jewish diaspora. And he says, um, make this your common practice. Confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you can live together whole and healed. So James is saying this should be your common practice. This should be something that's routine. This, this shouldn't be something that's you know rare or that you do occasionally. Make this your every day. This should be a common practice, right, that you confess your sins to each other. And pray for each other so that you can live together whole and healed. The prayer of a person living right with God is something powerful to be reckoned with. 
Okay, so here he talks about confessing your sins, and the next, the next sentence he talks about a person living right with God. How how can we have sins and yet be living right with God? Right. God knows, first of all, that we want to continue to sin, sin after we receive the Holy Ghost, after we come to Him. He knows that. That's why He gave us that thing called confession. Right. That that when you confess your sins, right, that's a powerful. A uh, position of vulnerability, right? That that's an act of being honest, uh, you know, of being transparent, and it's a liberating act, right? It it literally frees you when you're honest about what you're facing, and in return, often it helps free other people. And so God is saying, be real, confess your sins. Don't, in other words, don't walk around with the facade. Don't walk around pretending to be something you're not, right? Don't walk around just making up things, right? You don't have to make God look good. Uh, by cleaning yourself all up, right? God is a big boy, right? He can take care of himself. He's in control of everything. He wanted you to be further along in your walk. If he wanted to clean you up, he can do that with a snap of his finger. But stay in relationship with him. That's what he's saying, right? That's how we can have sins and also be living right with God. No, we don't practice sin, okay? Let me make that distinction. So don't get it confused in um, in this message that I'm condoning us living ungodly. Absolutely not, right? But we don't practice it anymore. But you and I know that, shoot, you get up in the morning and before your your foot hit the bed, you could have thought something wrong, said something wrong. And, you know, it doesn't take much for us to, um, to do something that's not pleasing to God. Okay, so God says when you do that, that's why he's also giving us repentance, right? I talked about confession, but he's also giving us repentance. So as many times as you sin, you repent. Those are gifts that God has given us to keep us until he comes. Okay, so yeah, this act of confession, though, when it comes to the church, that's a direct opposite action um, than putting up a front, right? If you are so busy putting up a front, then you're definitely not going to be confessing. You're definitely not going to be saying, oh, man, I said that bad word today. Oh, you know, I, I, I judge sister such and such or, you know, whatever, whatever it is. You're not going to be confessing if you're so busy, you know, keeping up some fake, you know, holy, holy facade. And uh, that's not what God, how God wants us to live. Right. Live according to where you are in Christ. Yeah. Some of us are more mature. Some of us, you know, we're babes. We don't even know how to go in and how to go out. You know, we're we, we just trying to find our way. We're falling down all the time. You remember that old uh, Donnie McClurkin song? You know, we fall down, but we get up for a saint is just a sinner who fell down and got up. Well, maybe not exactly that. I understand his point. Um, but his point is that we stay in Christ. We fall down. We repent. We keep on moving. Okay. And that's what God wants. God doesn't want us wallowing in condemnation and you know, self-pity and that kind of thing. And so, again, he's trying to make a, a way for us to be successful uh, in coming to him. Uh, but your transparency, right, your your struggles, your falling down and getting up, right, your steadfastness uh, to do so, it, it it speaks volumes to people. Right? You think it makes you look bad, right? If Oh, if people see. Right. If people know, you know, the things I struggle with. If, oh, if people, right. You you think that 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 if they see that, then it'll be a negative thing. But what if they see that and your struggles give them hope? Right. If I've heard it once, I've heard it a thousand times. A lot of people struggle with coming to the church. 
And I think uh, Pastor Steve said that the other night when he taught, right? Because they, they can't see themselves living like that, right? Everybody quoting all their Christian cliches and, you know, you say, how you doing? And I'm blessed and highly favored, you know, and, and you know, no, again, nothing's ever wrong. And everything is, you know, cotton candy and, 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 and marshmallows. You know, and, and we put up all that, you know, fakeness. We don't even talk regular words at the time. We just quote a whole bunch of scripture, you know. And so, and, and I know we mean, well, I'll give us the benefit of the doubt that we mean well, right? But it's okay to say, eh, I'm not having a great day today, right? I'm talking about, I'm still talking about the difference between saints and ain'ts, right? Some of us are so busy pretending to be godly that we're actually an ain't, right? And some of us who, whose hearts are toward God, who are being real with God, right? Who's at that publican who was, you know, praying and, 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 and telling God, you know, basically he's, he's so unworthy and God said, he's more righteous than you. You know, you meaning the one who thank you all that, right? And so it's okay to be honest. God requires honesty. You don't know how your broken state, how your flaws, how your realness can help somebody connect, right? When people come into the church, oh, you know, they look around and they see, well, they see people at all different places in their walk. Again, exteriorly, some of us are looking pretty cleaned up, right? We know how to wear the right, you know, clothes and that kind of thing and how to speak right and how to look right. And some of us, you know, we just, we all over the place, right? but that's the way the church is supposed to look, right? The church is supposed to have uh, people in process, again, at every level, right? Supposed to have babes and, you know, toddlers, for lack of a better word, it's supposed to have adolescents, it's supposed to have mature things. It's supposed to be a mixed bag, right? Because we're all ministering to each other and we're all learning from each other. And those that don't have it act together can look to those who have it more together. I'll put it that way because nobody has it totally together, but it can look at those that have it more together and say, hmm, you know, we can be examples and we can help pull each other up, but we don't have to be fake to do so. Fakeness hurts people, right? Fakeness is not of God. And so when we tell the truth, we actually honor God and we break the power of the enemy. OK, so you honor God with truth. It's not you're not, you know, again, your 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 raggedy state, however you might see yourself, whatever. Right. If your heart is toward God and you're doing the best you can, you're in relationship with him and you're in the right direction, meaning toward God. It's OK. Live according to where you are in Christ. But when you live a deceitful life, you you not only disrespect God. Okay, remember what Peter said. You didn't lie to man. You lied to God. Okay, you can't hide anything from God anyway. And on the real, real, God is the one who we're trying to please, not a man, not a human being. We're trying to please God. He's the one that sees right through to the core of us. He's the one that sees right through to our hearts. Right? You cannot fool God. But when you live a deceitful life, you disrespect God and you harm the body. We are not islands unto ourselves, right? We're all connected in the body of Christ. So somebody needs to see your raggedness. Some of you say, "Woo, okay, I'm gonna bring it out. Be real. Be who you are. Be honest about that. Your flaws, right? It, it says to people, um, to them that that I'm free to not be perfect. You know how hard it is to put up a perfect facade? Who can do that? That doesn't last very long, okay? I'm free to not be perfect. That's a liberating thing, right? It's okay. I have my place in the kingdom. I am in process. You and I are in process. So like Ananias and Sapphira, 
whew, some of us are doing stuff that God doesn't require. We're doing too much. He didn't mandate them again to stay on that land or to give the proceeds to the church. And, and he didn't tell us we had to be perfect. Show me that in the scripture, right? We're supposed to be working toward that, right? We're supposed to be um, in relationship with him. We're supposed to be obeying him and growing. And again, I'm, I'm using this word process, right? Because God didn't require perfect. He's the only one who can make you perfect. With all you're doing, you couldn't do it yourself. That's why we had to come to him in the first place, right? You can't make yourself a saint. It takes the power of God working in you to do that. And so, unfortunately, Ananias and Sapphira, well, they ain't. Well, they were ain't, right? They were fake saints. They they were they were not living honestly. And as leaders in the church, you know, not I've well, I've heard of a lot of things that go on in some of the churches, right? And it's not good to pressure people to look the part. You know, sometimes we want we want to we want to pressure people to conform. You know, don't wear that, don't wear that, and don't you come in here like that. And 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 God cares about that. God, okay, God does care about how we dress. I'm just picking some external stuff. He does care about what we put on our faces. Mm-hmm. And he cares what we do with our hair. He cares how we're doing ourselves overall. But I, because our choices say something about our understanding of who we are. Right. Sometimes we get all you know flustered and we go, well, you know, don't judge me. I get it. You know, we, we look at something exteriorly and we and we judge you according to that. Well, unfortunately. And it's true, even though humans are not discerning the heart, the external does tell you something about the internal. And so um, our, our choices, again, of these external things, they, they tell us something about who we are. Some of us are not loving who we are. Some of us got a problem with our hair, you know, whether it's African-American hair, we, we got a problem because, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's woolly and that kind of thing. And we do all kind of things trying to make it something that it's not. That, that says something, right? When you... You know, when we paint our face and do, that's saying I'm, I'm, I'm having a problem with my natural self. I don't think I'm pretty enough. I don't think and I'm not getting off on that tangent, tonight, but I'm just talking about how some things tell the, the, the outer can tell some things about the inner. Right. Um, it, it says how we understand right? how you dress, for example. You know, it says how you understand how what you do can affect others. Right. I, I had a friend one time who you know, she gets so mad. She'd take, bring her husband to church. Her husband was somebody who wasn't a regular to church. So when she got him to come to church, that was a big deal. And this woman would come and sit beside her. Maybe it was one time. I'm not sure it was a regular, but she would come and she had on this little skirt, you know, one of these little handkerchief kind of skirts. And she'd sit right beside her husband and she would cross her legs. And that's, you know, when you when you sit down, first of all, that skirt goes way up. And then you cross your legs, it goes away. I mean, she had her whole thigh hanging out, sitting behind. And she goes, oh, my goodness. You know what I mean? And she's just thinking about her husband sitting there having a struggle, right, with this woman sitting here with all her goods hanging out, you know, and, and through the whole service. But, you know, sometimes, and I'm not picking on this women. Trust me. I don't I don't like to pick on this women, but I'm just using that as an example, right? Those kind of things tell about you, you're not even understanding. You say, well, it's my body. I can do what I want to do. Well, you don't body expecting other people. Okay. So, all right. Off on that tangent there. But my point is we shouldn't pressure people to conform. That is not what the scripture says. We don't we don't get off on that. That's not our place to pressure people to confirm, to conform, right? But God wants to change us on the inside, right? You've heard that several times this week as we talked about this whole saint and eight. God wants to do a work on the inside. And when he does a work on the inside, it will flow to the outside. He wants to change. He wants to transform our lives. All right. Well, I got off on a bit of a tangent there. Uh, excuse me for that, but I couldn't help it. 
Um, but I'm talking about living truth and allow people to live according to where they are and be in that we can all be in community together and we can help one another. We can bless one another. We don't have to be in this, you know, uh, front and business, I call it, right? The, 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 the walk to Calvary, I mean, the walk to, to heaven, the walk, it's a, it's a, it is indeed a process. It's a journey. And we're all in different places and you don't have to be fake or pretend to be something you're not or to be at a certain level that you're not, you know, and, and you know, again, speaking of Ananias and, and Sapphira, you don't have to, you know, pretend to be the holiest and the most giving and the most that, like live according to where you are. It's okay. Ephesians 4 and 25 says, therefore, each of you must put off falsehood, right? Talking to the church in, at Ephesus, right? You must put off falsehood and speak truthfully to your neighbor, not just with your words. I'm adding this in here, right? Not just with your words, but your life should, should be an expression of truth to your neighbors for all members of one body. Your life affects my life. Keep it real. It's okay. Keep it real. God wants to transform us. God doesn't want us to have to be under the pressure of, 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 again, trying to be perfect or trying to be something that we're not. It's okay, right? We can Let's walk and grow together. So unfortunately, again, Ananias and Sapphira, well, they fell in the ain'ts category, right? They were fronting saints, that's how I'll put them. They were pretending. They were, they were trying to be something they, they weren't, and it was not necessary. It wasn't necessary at all. So I'm going to um, call you tonight call myself tonight again to remember that that God God just wants us to be authentically us and again authentically in relationship with him and authentically in relationship to our neighbor if you will to other members of the body right we're all humans we all have imperfections we all have failings right but if we hang in there with Christ well what did he say he's the author and the finisher of our faith when we get there there mean the other side well then we can say we're perfect but until then, we're all in process. Jesus, we thank you, Lord. We thank you for your word this night. God, we thank you, Lord, that you want us to live honestly, God, and truthfully, Lord Jesus, and that there's no condemnation to those that are in Christ Jesus, that we, we uh, bring our uh, needs to you, Lord Jesus, when we bring our failings to you, Lord, when we repent, oh God, you are faithful and just to forgive us, oh God, and that we can be vulnerable with our Oh, fellow believers, Lord Jesus, that we can confess our sins and encourage one another and help one another, oh God, to pull all to pull each other up, Lord Jesus, that we can uh, walk together, Lord Jesus, in the unity of, of the spirit, oh God, that we can um, we can bless each other with our truthfulness, Lord. Be with us, Lord Jesus, as we leave this place and help us, oh God, to uh, live more authentically in you, Lord Jesus. Help us to be magnets to those who are on the outside trying to figure things out, trying to see if they fit into your kingdom, Lord God. Help us, oh God, to live authentically, Lord, that they can come in and see themselves reflected in the body. They can come in and all they feel is love and and um, and a spirit of welcomeness, Lord Jesus, and that they can feel at ease that there's a place for them in the body. It's your will that all be saved, Lord Jesus. Help us to, to position ourselves to be in the right place to uh, further your kingdom, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, all right. Uh, stick around. We got a Friday with friends tomorrow night at seven. I'm sure it's going to be a good one. Um, please join us for that. And uh, again, every night, except for Mondays, we're here at 7 p.m. Uh, bringing you a message. Um, I hope you enjoy these series. I'm enjoying this. I actually enjoyed this Saints and Saints one. Uh, that was pretty good. But we look forward to again seeing you get here again tomorrow at 7 p.m. Don't forget, 
for all things Newark, go to newarkubc.info and everything you need is there. Before I sign off, I want you guys to stay tuned for a quick ad. Joyce reminded me to make sure that I said that to you guys so she wouldn't forget. So stay tuned for a quick ad. God bless you all and have a great night.